Love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode 19. We're almost at 20. How good is that? And I might have to do something exciting to celebrate next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in each week. And thank you for all the beautiful messages I get from the lovely ladies that are taking something away from each episode every week. It makes the labor of love very much worth it. It's probably one of my most favorite things to do in my business, actually, this podcast. So thank you for joining me. This week, we have the beautiful Ange from Branch, which is an e-commerce brand based in Melbourne. Angela is going to chat to us today about working with influencers, which is a very, very common question I get, and it's fraught with confusion and and it's nerve-wracking and, and it can be really unpredictable for, for small businesses. So I totally understand why people get nervous about it. But when it works, it really works. So is it right for you? Today you will hear from Angela and how she's made influencer marketing and collaborations an integral element of her marketing strategy to grow her audience and increase her sales. She's been working solid at her influencer marketing for a good two years, from sliding into countless DMs to working with uh, influencers and collaborators at luxurious VIP event in Melbourne recently to launch a new product, and takes us through it all. So, you'll get a really good peek inside somebody else's approach to influencer marketing because there's all different ways you can do it. And this point of view from Ange is very honest and very insightful with heaps of tips on the right mindset as well to approach it because you really do need to, it's a little bit of a gamble. So you need to be prepared to win some and lose some. So take a listen. Let me know what you think. I'd love for you to leave me a review if you loved today's episode. Also round two to my e-commerce marketing course, Ecom Grow Strong opens very soon. So add your name to the wait list if you're not already on it. So I can email you as soon as those doors open with my early bird offer that will be coming out. Out soon. And if you don't know what it is, it's a 12-week e-commerce marketing course, which also combines coaching and community, and you get lifetime access to the course and all of its developments. So you can keep on returning back to it to improve your marketing as your business evolves. So go to lisaburn.com.au, add your name to the wait list. The ladies that are going through the first round of the course now, the feedback I've been getting is, yeah, heartwarming and makes my year. So it's definitely hitting the spot. If you're overwhelmed, confused, and you just don't know where to start or how to get more focused and more direction with your business, it's a must. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Ange. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Lisa. Nice to be with you today. Yes, it is so lovely. I'm, I can't believe it's taken us so long to actually sit down and do this podcast together because 
We have known each other for quite some time now, haven't we? We have. It goes back quite a few years to a previous business that I had and engaged you on to really help me define and get clear on what my marketing strategy was and who my customers were. And that business has been sold. And then when I took over Branch two years, exactly two years ago, it was a great opportunity to reconnect back with you and get you to come in and really help me consolidate those areas that needed some real focus around the customer, the messaging and some of the branding. Yes, because you've in, you inherited a lot of the brand and the message and all that kind of stuff from the previous owner because you've, you actually purchased your online business. Yeah, that's correct. So Branch has been running for around five years now and I've had it for two years and the previous owner, Tara, had done a fantastic job building up a brand that was very much around mum and me or matching. So had a lot of monogram things and matching designs for young girls and mums and had built a fantastic awareness in that space. And then I, since having it for the last two years, we've continued to build on that and expand it even further and make it my own a little bit more me. Yes, absolutely. And so what made you want to buy an e-commerce business? Because your background to date isn't e-commerce. You're actually in HR for a very well-known brand. Yeah, so quite different. So my previous career was 20 plus years. I won't say how many, it makes me sound too old, but 20 years (laughs) working in HR and the most recent role was a global general HR manager for a company called ESOP, which is really well known in Australia. Then when I left there, it really was about thinking about what I wanted to do going forward and it needed to have an element of creativity in it. But I also really wanted to take the path away from corporate employment to doing something that I could manage from home, but also fit around the family. I've got three children and one with special needs. So uh, having my own business really allows me to do both. Well, most of the time, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle, but taking on Branch, which was an established brand, really allowed me to jump almost into something that had momentum and keep it going rather than a startup. Yeah. And, you know, full credit to you. You are one of those incredible women who can juggle all the balls and still be a lovely human. I don't know how you do it. Thank you. The balls don't always stay up in the air. I think if you saw the behind the scenes, there's a few smashed eggs around Many days. Yeah. Look, yeah, having your own business really does allow a little bit more freedom and flexibility. And that's something that was super important to me, as well as it being something that actually means something to me and being able to try and provide a brand that does resonate with women. Yes. And you do that so well. And we'll get into to details. I guess, let, why don't we talk about your product offering? So what do you sell at brand? So originally Branch was very much t-shirt based. So we offered t-shirts for girls and women with matching designs as well as some unique designs at each of those ends. And since then we've expanded it to include sweaters. We had Christmas sacks with monograms on them for kids last year. We do a monogram tote bag, which has been super popular in the last 12 months, which oh, yes. is such a great way. It's, you know, and I know I'm biased, but one of the best bags, it's big, it's sturdy, it's durable. And so they've been really popular for our customers, allowing that personalization, yet still a really stylish and quality product. Yes, I have one of them and it's sitting right next to me now. And it's a Mary Poppins bag that still looks good because it can fit absolutely everything, but it's it's quite chic and durable. There you go. I sold it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're right in the thick of a big launch, aren't you? 
We are. So one of the things I spent some time last year thinking about was what would this year be in terms of products? And I had an idea and towards the end of last year, I was starting to design that was what another clothing item, but then came to the realization that market was fairly saturated and it takes a huge amount of money to invest in a new product line. So instead of doing that, I pivoted a little bit and thought about buying some new machinery because we make all the products here in Melbourne in our studio. So we purchased an additional piece of machinery, which was a gold foil embossing machine. And then just this week, we've launched a cosmetic case range, which is in two beautiful colours, peach and latte, and then three lovely sizes. So a real luxe feel to them, but also still accessible and carrying on that theme of personalisation, which our customers just really love. Yes, personalisation and what I've always seen Branch as is really like classic, classy basics or essentials. And yes, you started out with T-shirts, but you've been very, you very easily added and broadened your range of products. So you've had, yeah, as you said, jumpers, you've had bags and now a toiletries accessory. So it's great to see that you don't have to stay in the box that you started in. No, we've definitely tried some things that haven't worked as well. And, you know, that's part of that learning and deciding. And, you know, people say, oh, yeah, we'd love that idea, but then it doesn't resonate. So it does take a little bit of trial and error. And I think that's the other thing is I'm not afraid to trial and invest some in there. Because the products are made to order, it gives us an advantage over having to order thousands of products already made that don't sell, that we have a blank file, if you like, full of clothing or T-shirts or whatever it might be, then put the design on there. And I think that allows us to be a little bit more agile to adapt to something and fairly quickly and not have the lead times of having to go through a long overseas production process. Yes, I'm sure many, many listeners can wholeheartedly agree with you there that the the overseas manufacturing process is and you've had experience with this too, it's it's long, it's hard, it's expensive, it's daunting. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. So if you can somehow avoid that, um, yep. that always helps. And I was thinking of you this morning when I was putting on my makeup and thinking about chatting to you today. When I think about you, you're so resourceful. Like whenever I catch up with you over WhatsApp because we or Instagram because we're always having a little chat here and there. If we're not working with each other, we're always chatting to each other. And you've always got something on the go or you've reached out to someone or you've come up with an idea and you've just made it happen. You know, you you don't get stuck all that often. You just get out there and do it. And one of the things that you've done really well over the past couple of years is working with influencers, you know, some small, some really big. And that's what I would love to chat to you today because it's it's one of the things that has a huge question mark over it for so many business owners and it's filled with trials and tribulations. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that has rolled out for you over the past couple of years? Yes, I think first point about, and and I think I'm quite stubborn and determined quite often, and I've I've heard that a lot of my career, and I I don't like hearing no. I'm really a little bit like a kid in that way. But on the flip side, I think it makes me persistent to try these things. And overcoming perhaps a lack of confidence over the years, this has helped me to sort of say, well, if I don't ask, I don't get, or if I don't keep trying, I don't get. And even when I get a no, I might keep coming back and pushing for it. So Branch had a really 
strong foundation of using influencers, mainly Melbourne influencers, when it was set up. And that was fantastic for exposure and branding. When I took that over, though, I think in my mind, I was very clear that some of those relationships weren't necessarily mine to carry forward. I needed to forge my own ones and also decide what it looked like for me in terms of my own consistent brand idea and and how I wanted that to shape. So Branch has had a fantastic relationship with a really good variety of influencers and it's something that I want to keep doing in lots of different ways and shapes because it is good for brand recognition and it is good for that consistent exposure. I'm also very conscious though of not ending up in a really saturated market of where you've got the same people promoting the same things on the same days consistently. So for me, it's about trying to find slightly different ways to pop up in people's feed that feels quite authentic and relates to who we are as a brand. And so I've varied quite a bit in terms of how we do it. And maybe one of the things, and I'm not sure if this is very good for my business planning assessment, but I'm not great at sitting and planning 12 months out saying, here's who we're going to work with. Here's my content and things like that. Sometimes on a whim, I'll go, oh, I might just follow that pathway. And it works for me because that's sort of a little how I think. But in terms of starting out with influencers, it was a little different because we were already an established brand. So I sort of had a little bit of leverage maybe or credibility to continue with that part of it. But I've also almost gone back to step one with some new people and really thought about how do I do it. So we've engaged in the last 12 months some micro-influencers. So I'd say they're people with five to max 10,000 people on their accounts and found them through brand rep sites and reached out to them, had a look at their feed, given some thought to whether they align with who our customers are and how they might take photographic images because you lose a little bit of control when you're handing out content and don't necessarily know what it's going to look like. But we found, I think, five or six we worked with last summer and it was fantastic. It was a nice way to work with some smaller people who their audience may not have heard about Branch before. Yeah. And how did you work with those smaller ones? Was it a product for post sort of Yeah, it was. So there was no payment for those ones. They received the goods in exchange for a post or a reel. A few of them were just into that early phase reel. So a few of them did some reels for me as well. And that was a great way for me to just have some extra content to share, but also then see them sharing their, their content with their followers. Yeah. And how did you reach out to them? So you found them on brand reps or just by scrolling? On Facebook, there's a group called Aussie Brand Reps and so I put up a post in there. The other way I've found them though is by simply following a really wide range of people and I do spend hours a day as my weekly timekeeper tells me (laughs) on my phone but try and remind myself a lot of it is work. But I see who's following other people, who's commenting on posts, then spend a lot of time. And I think this is one of the things that it would be one of my greatest tips to anyone wanting to get involved is get to know and engage with these people, follow them, comment on what they're saying, build a connection. You don't just go and end up with someone on a date and then ask them to marry you the next day. And it's so like that, I think, with brands and connecting to get that influencer connection that you've got to start knowing, do you like how they speak and their tone of content? Do you like their community and how they engage? What's their feed like? Is it something that's consistent and would work with you? And, you know, engage a lot with people. And and I make it a point every day to engage with people on posts and stories and start to identify who are the people that I'm thinking about. Could they be potential people that we'd do work with in the future? 
Yeah. And I had this conversation with a client recently. You're never going to find the perfect formula of influencer. Like, yes, you may love X, Y, and Z about it, but they might be a little bit, I don't know, more add a bit messy with their feed. But however, they've got an incredible audience and incredible engagement. So it's not about finding the perfect person. It's just about finding the person that will help you take your message that little bit further to the people that are right for your brand. And I think that's really important. If you're not paying either, you've got to realise you don't Mm. have creative content control over what's there. And we have worked with some people that have been paid over the last couple of years, but not many. I'd say we'd be lucky if we do one or two paid influencer promotions or, or content creations per year that nearly all of them are unpaid and that's tricky because I understand from their perspective it's a business they engage with makeup and photographers and and they're putting themselves out as a brand but for us it's just it's a mixture of financial balance of what we can Mm -hmm. and can't afford but also finding those that we can share some products with that genuinely do love it and are happy and willing to share that for us. Yeah And how about, I know there's one particular example where you worked with, well, you you sent your product to a really popular influencer, wasn't it? Was that Ruby Tuesday? Yeah, Ruby Tuesday, Matthew. So I'd probably sent Ruby a few DMs over the years, just commenting on her feed and posts and things like that. And when our totes came out, I sent them to quite a few people and we had some great coverage. and, And the reality is some people I sent them to also didn't share it at all. So there goes the product and you don't sort of get anything out of that. And that's a little bit like hit and miss. But I did, yeah, I'd sent the bag to Ruby and she's posted it two or three times now. It hasn't been a paid sponsorship or collaboration. She just loved the bag. And then I end up sending her one for each of her boys and she uses that when they go away for a weekend or things. So I'll often see snaps of her at an airport or heading away and she's got her bag with her. And sometimes she'll tag us and when she does, we end up with fantastic sales and other times she won't tag, but I still screenshot it as some footage for me to use. Exactly. And, you know, going into it, it sounds like you've gone into it with eyes wide open, with no preconceived ideas of, oh, this is going to blow up my business. It's a very pragmatic, I'm investing this to potentially get this, but I'm detached from the results. I think that's that's a wise... Yeah, you can't guarantee sales out of it. It's just, even when some others do share their bags, which we've had a lot of sort of focus on in the last 12 months, you know, you might get a bit of interest, but not a sale. But yeah, for whatever reason, that one has worked out fantastic. And that's just, I'd say, luck of the draw, because there's other times where it doesn't work out. And one of the things we're doing slightly different this year, and with the product launch we've just had this week is I gave all of the influencers a specific unique discount code, so that we Mm -hmm. can track a little bit about the return on that and see what comes through, who has a fantastic audience that our product resonates with, and then can we do something else with them again and offering them a discount code. So that's the first time as said this week that we've done that. And I'll be really interested to see is there a difference for us in our thinking of who do we work with going forward? Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of a win-win for everybody because they're getting something fantastic to share with their audience and sharing something great with them. Their audience gets a discount and you obviously get an influx of people coming to the website and buying and, of course, the data. So it's a that's a great strategy. Yeah, it, it really does pay off. And 
I think bigger isn't always better. That's something I probably have learned over the last few years. So, yes, Ruby is big. She's divisive for some people. She's not everyone's cup of tea, but she's someone who I enjoy and have followed, and it's really paid off. I certainly have had experience in my earlier businesses where I paid people that were equivalently large in terms of following, did a post, and you got a few followers from it. So, complete waste of money in terms of a strategy Mm. and I think that's I have a healthy respect and disrespect for this area of marketing to go it is not the only way to do it but for us with a a really beautiful visual product I think it makes sense to do some of it in conjunction with all of our the rest of our marketing plan. Yeah and it's not also to underestimate the the hard work that you've put into it because you have literally been chipping away at developing relationships in Melbourne and beyond Melbourne for for two years. You know, it, it's kind of been one of the main things that you've focused on along with things like email marketing and advertising and high-quality product images. But, yeah, it's not to be underestimated, but it's paying off for you. It really is. And I think, you know, another tip I'd say to people that are going to dabble in there and you don't have to go far to hear about the notion of like pods or, or these pods that are sort of mm. a bit of a negative rap. And that's something I was chatting to an, and a fellow brand the other day who's slightly newer to this space than me. And I, we just talked about just being really aware that sometimes in the smaller influencer space, there is they are sort of grouped together, whether it's formally or not, but you'll see the same people liking, commenting on their posts. And clearly that's to encourage engagement on their site, but to not perhaps get fooled by metrics that you may see. And whether it's right or wrong, I'm not a massive one to sit and look at the metrics or the engagement scores or things like that because I think there's more to it than just how many likes or comments they get and whether they're from just their friends or they're from strangers or I think the bots have sort of been taken out of those like pods a lot more. You're not seeing as much of that. But you do need to do your homework and think about how does this really fit genuinely with my strategy and with what they can offer and what you're offering back And then part of it is saying it's a little bit of a gamble. It's certainly a different way Mm. to invest your time and your money because the product does cost money. But it's a if it's part of a multifaceted, multi-pronged approach, then I think it can work really well. That's right. It's part of this marketing sales funnel that you've created. It's not the be all and end all because you literally could not build a business nowadays just on influencer marketing. It doesn't have the same kick that it potentially used to, and that you know, more automated, more scalable ways to do it as well. But with the right mix in place, it really can add a nice little layer on top. I think so. And ways that we've worked with some influencers that have had management agencies or they've got someone managing that side. And often that way you get a little bit more concrete details. Yes, they'll post at this time. Here are the images for approval. And so you get a little bit more of structure around it, if you like. But at the same time, I then find sometimes those with managers, their fees are higher. They've gone into that bracket Mm. where they need a a management agency to rep for them and do things. So, suddenly the fees are higher. So, it is a real balance. That's why I feel like we look at the top and the bottom, the left and the right, the middle to sort of get an idea of not just putting all the eggs up in that top-end basket because it is a saturated basket of people and finding people in lots of different walks of life to try and engage with us on our product. Yeah. 
And one question that I get a lot is like, let's say if you've found someone, you've followed them, you, you maybe chit-chatted over DMs yeah. or you've commented on your images and they've liked or replied. What is the next step? Do you presume what they may be interested in? Like, will you do X for Y or do you chat about it? Like, or what, what Yeah, so if I've found? started to get to know them, I think that's easier because then when you send a DM, there's more chance that they'll even see it. So recently with my product launch, I sent the first initial conversation or invite, if you like, to a lot of people. And because we'd not spoken before, it just went into their requests and they don't go in there. Yeah. So suddenly I had a whole lot of people who haven't responded or didn't find out about it because they didn't do it. So that's why I really think having that longer lead time and not a short, quick, hey, will you do this for me, works so much better because you're already in their awareness and, and able to at least have your message seen I've done a mixture of DMs or emails. Sometimes I think an email works a bit better. It's a little bit more professional. It takes it off just that conversational level. So say we've got a new product coming out. We'd like to share it with you. We'd love to have a, a post or a story. I'm a little bit, I don't know if it's shy is the right word, but I'm a little less demanding of what I expect back because sometimes I think, well, I'm getting mm-hmm. something out of it. Don't be so demanding. If I don't get what I want, then might be a bit disappointed. But I'm also comfortable going back saying, hey, that was a great story you shared. Is there any way you'll do a post? But I've certainly found too, those with agents are less likely to do a post in their feed. That space is safe for paying customers or paying brands. Yeah. So I sort of have got my awareness that most of the time it will be a story, which isn't a bad thing. I think so many people's stories were getting better views in the last six to 12 months than their static feeds. So guess I got a little less stressed about where it was going to be and just made sure I just utilized that content however I could. That's it. Yeah. Because it's not just about that one post on their platform. You can screenshot it. You could even take a screen recording of it and with their permission, you know, use it in different ways, email campaigns, Facebook ads, social media posts, reels. And there are, I do, it's a bit of a funny story, but last year I did collaborate with some Christmas the Santa sacks we did took a screenshot of someone talking about it and posted it to my feed and they did ring me and ask me to take it down because it wasn't any post photo of them and they were talking and it didn't look curated enough and that's the part that makes me laugh a little bit because I'm like yeah but it's really good and she goes that's not what we agreed you know it's not a a approved image we can't do that so there is a little bit of very Chloe Kardashian it is it wasn't her that I worked with unfortunately but there is a little (laughs) bit of learning to take some of the good with the bad on it and you know sometimes I feel like I've been taken for a ride when you've sent product and you go you know I work hard on this there's so much more that we all know is behind the scenes and then when product just goes out and you don't hear anything back, that that is frustrating. I really get it. But yeah. if you expect a 100% success rate with influencer marketing, you'll be bitterly disappointed. That's right. And if you don't have the ability, like I, I think you've got a, you've really grown to be able to have like a water off a duck's back sort of vibe. But, what, but if you are going to like fall into a heap where nobody replies to your DMs or they don't post it properly, then perhaps that unreliability is a trigger for you and you should choose a different marketing tactic. Yeah. But if you're prepared and brave to test things out, to try something different, it could work out really well. I think so. And it's okay to be choosy. It's okay to you know, pick who you want to work with. It's okay to look at a bit of a, a long-term 
uh, engagement plan with these people and have something that you're thinking about. How do we not just share a T-shirt for a one-off exposure, but that we then might mm. want to see them with the bag or that they might have a cosmetic case or whatever as our next thing so that it's not just a one-person, one-brand exposure, that I, I do want this to be a little bit of a longer time. Yeah, and I know you've got to take the dog to the vet, but do you, should we should we chat through the amazing event that you just had this week? Because you not only do awesome digital, you know, collaborations, you've taken it one step further and did a live launch, like an actual event in Melbourne with a bunch of influencers. Wow, and um, it was huge. So. I decided that tying in with having a new product rather than doing what we had done, it was a really nice opportunity for us to do a a real-life event. We had a a venue, the SBM Melbourne, which is a pretty iconic venue. It was decked out beautifully. You know, I feel like it's one of those no expense spared, except I kept having reminding myself how much I kept spending, but it was beautiful. <laughs> so we had, I always wanted it to be intimate. We had around 25 guests tied it in for Mother's Day for two reasons. One is it was just a really lovely chance to have a group of women together after the year of last year, not sort of seeing any of these people. And all of us said when we saw each other, oh, I haven't seen you for like 18 months. So it was a really mm-hmm. lovely way to come together but also that all the guests that came received each. We did a beautiful invite in the first case, cosmetic case they got sent to their home. And then when they came yesterday, they received the other two sizes of the case filled with products, cosmetic products and goodies and all sorts of lovely things on their place setting. Backdrop photographer, I had a great girl there, Alicia, doing reels for some of the guests. So they got to take home and do a reel. And it was a really nice way of positioning the brand, of reminding that group of people that we do value and engage their audience. And and I thank them for sharing it because it is really important the more they can share it with their audience of course, that helps me from a business perspective. So like, overnight, we've seen hundreds of new followers. Just on Instagram, we've had some great sign-ups on the website to win a case that they've been sharing. We did an affiliate code, so they've got their own discount code to share, so I'll be able to track that as well. So look, I wouldn't do them all the time, but with a new launch, mm. something like this, and something so visual, it made great sense to engage with this fantastic group of women. Um, shame it was only the Melbourne ones because we'd love to do it nationally, but I don't think I'm ready to fly around yeah. the country yet doing launch events. No, no. I'm, I wish I could have been there. It sounds so <sighs> fabulous. We'll get another one in someday. Yes, yes, when the world returns to normal a little bit. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much, honestly. That information will be so helpful for women out there that are starting potentially thinking about influencer marketing and how to take that first scary step because, you know, it is a little bit daunting to put yourself out there and up for rejection. I think it is. And, you know, I'd encourage people have a look through, you know, different brands and how they've done it. There are different ways of going about it and it can still be done with the small businesses. And I know we're competing with the likes of the large corporates that can pay significant amount of money for endorsements or sponsorship posts but you still can really do it and I I think you have to realize there is a lot of noise you've got to cut through it be determined see how others do it and see if you can find a way to make it work for you and I'm really happy if people ever want to know a little bit more about how I've done one or working with a particular person that they reach out and share happy to share my knowledge. 
That's such a good idea. And where can people find you on Instagram? What's your So handle? they can find us on branch.clothing on Instagram or on our website, which is www.branch.com.au or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yes, fabulous. Thank you so much, Ange. It's been a pleasure as always to chat with you. My I could pleasure. chat to you all day. Well, we'll find another topic for next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ange. Bye. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Today's episode was brought to you by my new e-commerce marketing course for women called Ecom Grow Strong. Head to my website at lisaburn.com.au to learn more and add your name to the waitlist for round two which is starting in August. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And I would love you to leave me a rating and review. Thanks so much and see you next week. Mm -hmm.